Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO Radio Show. And I tell you, if you've not been over to the website, we are adding new stuff all the time. You can go to beachsideceo.com. Hey, here's why I'm excited about this. We're going to be adding several hours, uh, two hour, two and a half hours almost, of training, video training, two different ones. One is, is on overcoming fear. The other one is becoming a person of influence. Uh, these are two trainings that I have not made available publicly in the past. Uh, they have been only available to members in our in our monthly membership club. So we are putting those out there live. It's going to be an exciting time. We also just finished up last night a brand new 40-plus page ebook manual on how to publish your own book utilizing the Kindle. Uh, Amazon Kindle platform. We are finishing up the videos to get those live. All this is going to be available to those who listen to this radio show uh, that want to go hang out at the Beachside CEO. This is all some great stuff we'll be doing. Over the next two or three weeks, you'll see this stuff as it comes into fruition. And then in 2013, we have a jamming packed. Uh, it's going to be great. We've got new people. Uh, we will be doing interviews in 2013, not just me going through the books, but we're actually going to be interviewing some of the authors of the books that we cover on this radio show. So uh, the f- the first one, I think I told you guys already, the, the first series that we will do in 2013 is the new three-foot rule, how social, digital, and mobile media has impacted direct sales and relationship marketing. Uh, this is my good friend Mike Maglick, uh, Maglonick. I'll get that out right. And actually dedicated. I was one of the people he dedicated this book to. But it's a powerful book. And we will have the opportunity to interview Mike. It's going to be fun. We've got Tom Hopp coming back this next year. He's in Australia right now, uh, creating some wonderful memories with his wife. So I'm excited, truly excited, about where the new year is heading. And who knows, by the end of 2013, I might be able to even talk Mr. John Maxwell to come on for a little bit. We'll just see where we go on that. But we're in John's book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, Live Them and Reach Your Full Potential. And today's chapter, we're in chapter 10, The Law of the Rubber Band. I have for years listened to him share this and put this law into practice and something that that really is powerful. And you might want to write this one down. Growth stops when you lose the tension between where you are and where you could be. I want to say that again. Growth stops when, when, when you lose the tension between where you are and where you want to be. That's amazing to me. W. Uh, Summerist Mogum, I think is how you say that, said this, Only a mediocre person is always at his best. I had somebody the other day said, Well, Troy, you're, you're an expert. You're a guru. And I said, No, 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 no. I am constantly learning. I never get it right. There's always a struggle, and I'm always trying to become better than what I was yesterday. And I think it's it's a series of stretches. I want to share John's story, and I'm going to go into mine. John says, when I was a kid growing up, I loved sports, and I was a pretty decent athlete. I discovered basketball in fourth grade, and it became my passion. I played it through high school. Like most kids in college, I was active and pretty fit. In my 20s, I continued to pick up basketball games with friends and added golf to my routine. 
But I went further in my career, and I, and I started to get in my 30s and 40s, and I didn't exercise and didn't take care of my health. I paid for it at 51 when I suffered a heart attack. Since that time, exercise has been a regular part of my routine. For many years, I walk or run on a treadmill. I sometimes run part of the golf course when playing with friends. And about five years ago, I switched to swimming, attempting to put in an hour of exercise every day in the pool. Most recently, I began doing Pilates with Margaret. That's his beautiful wife. These exercises focus primarily on building core muscle strength and flexibility. And to achieve that flexibility, there is an emphasis on physical stretching. Now, that's interesting. See, when I was in high school, I played sports. I fought a lot. I walked everywhere I went. We lived in a very small town, so I'd walk from school to the house. Very, very fit. Not an ounce of fat, I don't think, on me. 17, joined the Marine Corps. Put on the muscle. Put on the ability to run and to to climb and to do things that that most people don't want to do, let alone want to do under the duress that we were under. Full pack, going up mountains, carrying your, your rifle. I got out and became a bounty hunter and a bail bondsman and a bodyguard. Had to stay fit. But in the 90s, I got into mergers and acquisitions. Really started focusing heavy on my network marketing career. Bought a restaurant. Let my body go. Six weeks ago, I found out just how bad I'd let my body go when I jumped off a wall that in in any given time in my life should have been no problem and broke my heel. Now I'm starting to pick up bike riding more. I'm doing my strength exercises. Like John, I'm starting to work on the core muscles. And as I read this, I started thinking, it is about the stretching routine. See, you've got to stretch. Every event that I've had in my life, I've stretched through it. John says as a teenager, he heard the saying that God, God's gift to us is potential. Our gift to God's developing it. As I studied what John wrote today, I thought, I don't want to use his experiences. I want to use mine. And I remember growing up in school, always being told, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Not by my folks. Just by the, the school teachers and the principals, you got to go to college. You got to got to get an education. I thought that isn't going to happen for me. First of all, it's just not, I hated school. I was very uh, good at being able to pass. I, I graduated a semester early, but I wanted more in life than just an education. Since then, I realized I wish I would have focused more in some areas. So I've I've really made sure my kids did. All my kids have graduated early, and two of them have entered college. One didn't like it and went into business for himself, and the other one's getting straight A's. But I remember the day I picked up my phone. I picked up the phone, called my best friend from high school who was getting his degree in accounting. I said, dude, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And he said, hey, man, my mom says if you don't go to college, you ain't crap, except he used a different word. And I thought, wow. And that stuck with me for a long time. But I went through the Marine Corps and came out with honors. And I thought, this is what it's about. I started picking up motivational books in my 20s. Started focusing on what I wanted to do and launched my bail bond business. At 21 years, well, actually at 18 years old, I was bounty hunting. At 21, I was launching a bail bond business. By 22... 
was running, to my my knowledge, the only bail bond business. And you guys have heard me say this. It was ever created and, and put a network marketing comp plan to it. But by 25, I'd moved from that, sold it due to the drug cartels and some other stuff that had gone on and went into mergers and acquisitions, into insurance, started focusing on my primarica career, heavy. Buying and selling businesses that went from a small feed mill to a $150 million life insurance company. And people said, you shouldn't be able to do that. You guys have no money. you you got no education. But by studying and learning and picking up books and and learning what the blue book meant, which is basically the financial report that insurance companies have to give to the insurance commissioner to make sure they're solvent. I learned so much. Each experience I had to stretch. I started picking up Tony Robbins and reading what he wrote. I started picking up John Maxwell, Dennis Waitley, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill. I started stretching beyond myself. I started realizing i got to surround myself with people that are not as mixed up as I am. And I started surrounding myself with guys that were millionaires and studying. Some of them were athletes. Some of them were in insurance. Some of them were just regular business people. My father-in-law was a caterer, so I, I went to work with him. And he happened to be a, the, also the head chef at one of the largest Presbyterian churches in the nation. And they were full of financially sound people. That's where I met Sam Walton, his beautiful wife, Helen. I wasn't talking. I was listening. Taking notes and stretching beyond my comfort zone. And little by little, as I look back after reading this chapter with John, I realized we crossed over into new audiences. I went from talking to people that were street people to millionaires. I can hold an intelligent conversation with the best of the best, or I can get really down and low with an average person on the street and communicate with their language. I can walk into a one percenters biker's clubhouse and talk to them with respect and dignity. Or I can set before the chief counsel for the FBI or the Secret Service or the Securities and Exchange Commission and carry on an intelligent conversation because of the stretching that I had to go through over the last 35 years. Maybe one of the areas that I haven't stretched enough is with my personal relationship with my wife, because I have learned that I'm studying more and more now, after 25 years of marriage, how to communicate with her. And as I study more and more, I wish I'd have done that early on, but I'm learning. I think we all go through this and see it, it causes tension in your life. And this is the thing. We've got to understand that the tension is what's important. I challenge you guys today to get a, a rubber band. Lay it in front of you. And look at it. You're not going to find this in John's book. But I challenge you to look at that rubber band. It's just kind of sitting there lifeless. And I want you to ask yourself, is that how your life is right now? Then I want you to pick up that rubber band. I want you to start pulling on it. You can feel the tension 
But all of a sudden, if you take that rubber band and you wrap that rubber around band around something big and that tension, you all of a sudden start to see it holding it in. See, the right tension in your life causes growth. It holds in what's important. It, it redefines sometimes. It doesn't just let it go in all directions. See, rubber bands are a lot like people. The only time that they really are any good, that they ever do anything, is when they're stretched. John mentions that he picks up golf and he plays golf. I would challenge you guys to go to Walmart. See if you can buy a set of three golf balls. I want you to get home and get that one of the golf balls. They're inexpensive, so you're going to tear it up. But I want you to get those three golf balls. I want you to... Get you a saw or get you a knife, and you'd be very careful now. And I want you to cut the outside covering off the golf ball. And what you'll find inside are rubber bands, tightly stretched around each other. That's what causes it to bounce and to be hit and to go. But as you cut through those rubber bands, in the middle of that golf ball is another hard little round ball that's full of air and liquid. depends on the ball. Gives it that extra oof. That's how our life is. So I want you to write the following down. In the next 15 minutes, we're going to cover the benefits of tension. Number one. And, th- and this is important because I want you to... When you get done writing them down, I want you to go back and analyze personally where you fit in this. Few people want to stretch. See, that's interesting to me because most people don't want to move forward. John shares a story about Sam. Sam was a little handyman that wanted a full-time job and always dreamed of it, and finally a mill owner gave him a full-time job. He said, I'm having problems with muskrats at the mill's dam. I need you to get rid of these little pesty creatures. Sam was ecstatic. It was going to be his first steady work. One day, several months later, a friend came to visit Sam, found him sitting on a grassy bank with the gun across his knees where he's going to shoot those little critters. Hey, Sam, what you doing? He said, my job is to guard the dam. He said, from what? He said, muskrats friend looked over at the dam and just that moment a muskrat appeared there's one his friend explained shoot him oh sam didn't move meanwhile the muskrat scurried away well why the heck didn't you shoot him sam looked up at his friend like he was crazy he said are you nuts do you think i want to lose my job by shooting all the muskrats see it's a funky story but that's how a lot of us are We don't want to change. We don't want to stretch. We don't want to take the risk that we could lose our job. Who knows, if Sam had done a good job at that, he might have been able to be promoted. We can't do that. I remember when I joined the Marine Corps, one of the the guys that was with me said, Hey, man, my dad said, don't ever answer questions and don't ever ask questions. Don't ever volunteer for anything. I, I, I landed in Dago. At about 10.30 that night, they shaved my hair all off. They switched me from looking like an individual to all of us looking alike, look like a dog on Apple commercial. 
Went to bed about one thirty. We were up at five thirty. They had it they called it the three S's. We did that in the morning, and then we went to breakfast. Then all of a sudden, we're just sitting there. It's about nine thirty. By one thirty, my first of all, my butt's hurt, and I've been sitting Indian style. And finally, a drill instructor came out and said, "Hey, I need some volunteers for something." And that's exactly what he said. He didn't tell us what it was. I was the first one with my daggum hand up. I wasn't going to sit around and do nothing. Let's go find out what this place is like. Let's go figure out who we can influence, what we can do. But yet so many people do this. They just sit around. John writes this. He says, most people use only a small fraction of their ability and rarely strive to reach their full potential. There's no tension to grow in their lives, little desire to stretch. And that sucks. He shares some stats. A third of high school graduates never read another book for the rest of their lives. 42% of college graduates similarly never read a book after college. The publisher, David Godin, exclaims that 32% of the American population has, has ever been in a bookstore. See, too many of us are willing to settle... For average, just settle for life. Oh, this is the way the cards are dealt. I just put a, a picture and a quote up on Facebook from my good friend Michael Belk, who's a, a famous fashion photographer. And he wrote a just he, he's got some beautiful pictures up, and and this picture happens to be a a gambling bunch of guys and gals sitting around a poker table. They got their hands and they're looking at him. And there's Jesus, and he's got his cards in his hands. And it starts talking about the game of life. It's very powerful. You can go check it out on my Facebook wall. Second thing we got to look at is too many people are settling for the status quo, which will ultimately lead to dissatisfaction, a lack of contentment, if you will. Well, I've you know I got married, I got got my wife, I got two and a half kids. How the heck they come up with stats like this? I don't know. I got my job. I'm going to get my gold watch. My wife and I make love one and a half times a month. Again, I don't know where they get these stats. Just the way it's supposed to be. I watch Married with Children until it goes off the air. Don't know why they had to get rid of Pap's Blue Ribbon. My favorite beer. I could afford it. Used to smoke generic cigarettes, and they got rid of those. People just go through life in a mundane freaking attitude. And then they wonder, yeah, I'm going to get in network marketing. I'm waiting for the phone to ring. I bought some leads, but they never call me back, and stuff like that. It gets to be a real freaking pain in the butt. But they don't want to stretch. They settle for the status quo. John writes this. It's true that being in our comfort zone may feel good, but it leads to mediocrity and therefore dissatisfaction. Psychologist Abraham Moscow wrote this. If you plan on being anything less than you're capable of being, you probably will be unhappy all the days of your life. I was reading this last night, and I turned on the TV and watched where some idiot walked into a Portland, Oregon shopping mall 
fired off 60 rounds, two people dead, and then he didn't even have the anatomy to face the music. He offs himself, just shoots himself. And I was reading what Abraham had written. If you plan on being anything less than you're capable of being, you will probably be unhappy all the days of your life. Do you really want to go through life unhappy? Are you settling for the status quo? Number three, stretching always starts from the inside out. Your circumstances may be unconjugable, but they should not remain that long. See, we can't change the outside, but we can sure the heck change the inside. That's the key. James Allen writes this, you cannot travel within still without. See, when you're growing from the outside, I mean, you're really growing. I mean, when you're growing from the outside, the only thing that grows is your fear. When you're growing from the inside, that's when you're growing. If you haven't changed in the last five years, neither will have your circumstances. I'll tell you that, it's going to be the same stuff. In the book, Discover Your Strengths, Marcus Buckingham, somebody else that I just love, I've met him many times at Catalyst, cites a Gallup poll indicating that most people don't like their current job, but yet they don't make a change. I don't know how many phone calls I've had with prospects where I've said, hey, man, do you like your current job? Nope. Well, if I could show you a legal way where you could actually start to earn more money and you could possibly quit your your, your job, would you be interested? Yep. And then I'll show them something. I say, man, you ready to get started? Do we need to talk to your wife? No, we don't need to talk to my old lady. And no, I'm not ready to get started. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You just told me a second ago you're dissatisfied with your job. You'd love to look for something else. And if I could show you something that was legal, ethical, and, 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 and it would give you a chance to start part-time, you said you'd be interested. Now you're telling me, no, yeah, I, I, this isn't something I'd be interested in. Well, were you lying to me the last time? You lying to me this time? They aren't lying at all. They're just stuck in the status quo and they don't want to change. It's called fear. That's the crazy thing. See, most Americans, think about this for a second. I think this is important. Most Americans want to lose weight, but they don't make the effort to do so. A lot of people want to write a book, but they don't start. I just told you, I just finished up a 40-page that's not really a book. It's called an e-book, but I just finished up a 40-page manual on how to how to actually write and get your book published on Kindle. Most people won't even do that. I've had people say, Troy, I'd sure like to start a radio show. It's like, well, it's free. Did you go to Blog Talk and get one started? No. I wouldn't know what to say. We all go through situations. we got to make the decision. Are we moving forward or are we just going to die? See, if you're just merely average or you're no closer to your dream than you were a year ago, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, that you know what, I made that decision. Just the way it is. That sucks, but you got to make the decision. you got to own it. So man up, woman up, have the, have the you know, I'm just going to be just straight up. Either have the ovaries or the balls to admit you don't want to change. Because at the end of the day, that's what it amounts to. Number four, stretching always requires change. Change is good 
as long as you're just not changing for the sake of changing. You've got to have a plan. It's through planning. It's through focus. It's through moving forward that you, all of a sudden you get it. Growth doesn't come from staying in your doggone comfort zone. We don't win wars by staying on our side of the line. you got to move and meet and connect. You can't improve or avoid change at the same time. Oh, I'm going to improve. I'm not changing anything. I'm going to improve, but I'm not changing anything. you got to kick yourself out of your comfort zone. you got to stop looking over your shoulder and saying, well, the last time, screw the last time. You need to move forward and just realize it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. I used to run a golf course. That's why I like golf so much. And I watched guys come in there at the daylight. And they would bust their butt and they would practice and they would practice and they would practice and they would practice. They'd go play their game. They'd get done. They'd come back the next morning. They would practice and they would practice and they would practice and they would practice. Then they'd come back. They'd start all over again. But you want to know something? A couple of them wouldn't get off that golf course. They never got out of their comfort zone. Oh, they could win big when they were on that zone. But if they went to another golf course, they would suck. Because they never, ever perfected the practice. They didn't want to change. They liked it where it was. A.G. Bucking said this, and he's an aviator. Uh, he's a pioneer in aviation photography. He said, monotony... Monotony. Monotony is the awful reward to be careful. Monotony is the awful reward of being careful. It's time to stop being careful. If you want to grow and change, you've got to take risks, doggone. It's the only way to go about it. Number five, stretching sets you apart from others. I guarantee you that. You've got to stretch. President Bush the second stood in front of the American people and said, we're going to war and it's going to freaking hurt. But we're going to bring damage to the enemy. And sadly, within a decade, people have forgotten how bad it hurt. Matter of fact, within three years they forgot, and all of a sudden politics got involved. I'm not, I'm not going down that rabbit trail, but what I'm saying is, it's going to hurt when you stretch, because stretching sets you apart. You've got to be different. I cover some of the most controversial subjects in network marketing because nobody else has the gumption to do it. bunch of doggone people you'd have thought grew up in the 60s, peace, love, and rock and roll. Let's just pretend it doesn't happen. Let's all just be real good friends, sit around saying kumbaya. No, let's just settle down and look at the facts. You've got to stretch. You've got to face the uncomfortable. You got to move forward. It's the only way to do it. You, in other words, you've got to improve yourself if you want to improve your team. You got to be pushing yourself to push your team. That's the name of the game. Number six: stretching can become a lifestyle. I love to stretch. With a broken leg, a uh, broken foot. I'm stretching a lot. I'm keeping those tendons. When the doctor looked at me and said, dude, you are two weeks ahead of the game, and the motion of your foot is amazing, it's because for the last six weeks through the pain, I would push it to the limit. 
Because the last thing I want is for my body to screw up at 48 years old because I got all these kids that I got to make sure I can walk them down the doggone aisle. You got to stretch and push yourself. It's the only way to make it. Peter Drucker stated it this way The greatest enemy of tomorrow's success is today's success. Hey, here's one for you. This is a little n- n- uh, nugget of info. Go look at all the, the uh, Nobel Prize winners and see what they've done after they won their Nobel Prize. It was like that was the greatest thing for them. The last thing I want to cover here, stretching gives you a shot at significance. Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said this, a possibility is a hint from God. One must follow it. See, the possibility path is God giving us the opportunity to make a difference in our life. Some people have, and some people don't. You've got to ask is, are you going to apply the law of the rubber band to your life? Guys, I love this. This this book is so magnificent. Tomorrow, Chapter 11, The Law of Trade-Offs. It's going to be great. Hey, this is Troy Dooley. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO, heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive-powered radio.